All right. So the Knicks pick up a much-needed win um, last night at the Garden over the Miami Heat. It was a big one because they needed that one to obviously basically uh, secure that playoff spot. Uh, and as long as they don't choke too bad in these final few games, you got the New Jersey Nets probably locked out of the five spot too. Um, because with that win, the Knicks at 44 and 33 are four games above Miami now and two and a half over Jersey. So RIP Bozos, RIP to the Florida boys. Enjoy the playing, scrubs. And, um, yes. <clears throat> I'm very satisfied. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it was an interesting game, um, and we're going to talk about it all. Episode 502. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right. All right. Let's talk. Episode 502 of the podcast. Good one for the Knicks last night at Madison Square Garden. And, um, well, it was, yeah, like I said, it was a very interesting game. It was a very close game with many, many different uh, momentum swings. You know, this was a game with 24, 24 lead changes. Um, the, you know, the Knicks get off to this electric 8 nothing run to start the game. But then Miami answers back and they double that. It's like a, maybe like a 14-0 run or something. I mean, the Knicks just couldn't buy a bucket early on. There was a lid on the basket, um, and they were just so bad. It was, I tell you, when they when they're bad, they're really bad. Like they were taking zero care of the basketball, committing some of the worst terrible turnovers you'll see. Um, n- nothing, nothing. They had seven turnovers in the first quarter. They they were missing everything at the foul line. Literally, they won zero of six. At the foul line in the first quarter. Somehow, they finish it out only down four points. Second quarter was still pretty tough to watch, honestly. But the Knicks, they did go on this 11-0 run. Um, The rest of the half was kind of a grind with everybody except for Quickly and Grimes. Kind of either quietly doing a little bit or not doing anything at all. Um, you know, Randall, obviously, he sprains the ankle. More on that a little bit later. Um, but at the end of the half, Brunson knocks down the buzzer three-pointer in the corner. So, fortunately, that puts the Knicks up by two points of the break. 
somehow. Uh, the bench was pretty solid early on. Um, again, but it was mainly IQ and Grimes were the only two clicking in that first half. Uh, and then the second half, the Knicks decided to turn it up, and they really made this thing an excellent team win. Uh, a mixture of great plays from your bench unit, plus they had Grimes and even R.J. Barrett at times, excuse me, in the second half. Huge third quarter by Quickly. You had Josh Hart and Isaiah Hartenstein. We're going to talk about them a bit in this show. Their fingerprints were all over this thing, especially in the second half. Josh Hart in the fourth quarter on one sequence, he grabs the board, runs the break, and just uses his shiftiness. He changes speeds and then explodes into the lane for a slam dunk. And that puts the Knicks, I think it put them up seven points with five minutes and change left. So that was a big shot for me, a big play. And he was great in that quarter, the fourth. The final six minutes of the fourth quarter for Hart, man. Cutting layup, dunk, uh, rebounds, the, the tip in. And um, fucking uh, the very next time down after that Josh Hart transition coast to coast, it's Hartenstein who leads the Knicks on another fast break by throwing an outlet to Grimes. Um, just great. You know, Grimes was was knocking down big shots all night, but it was nice to see him, you know, come out the gate in the third quarter, still shooting well because he sat the entire second for some reason. Weird lineup patterns with. Tibbs, um, and again, even RJ on a bad night, knocked down some key three-point shots in the second half. He gave the Knicks uh, the lead from the elbow in the third quarter, and then he gave the Knicks some breathing room with another triple late fourth quarter. And so the Knicks win. They win 101-92 to against the loser Heat at MSG last night. So it was a very impressive win. Very impressive win, um, and I'll tell you why as soon as we return from break. I'm going to get to a quick break, about 15-20 seconds. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the show, episode 502 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. So, the reason that this was a very impressive win, if you watched it, you know, <laughs> was because the Knicks, this was a night where the Knicks had very little from a number of guys. But they were still able to win this thing. Think about it. Four of their five starters were practically duds. Offensively, Randall, RJ, Brunson, and if you want to throw Mitch in there, the four of them combined for 29 points on 34%. <laughs> you had that. Uh, the Knicks shot the ball 52% on the free throw line. You had that. You had 16 turnovers last night which turned into nearly 20 Miami points. The Heat were, at times, killing them in transition. You lose Randall for the second half. Brunson doesn't play the fourth quarter. Um, yet, despite all of that, you win this game against Miami by nine points. 
So it was very impressive to get that. Um, and this was a big win if you're a big fan of like the Knicks' homegrown players and play the kids, play the kids, because you got excellent performances from everybody else, yes, but especially your two late first-round picks, right? This is why drafting is important. And the Knicks have done everything well in the draft in recent years under this regime. They've done well. So Grimes and Quickly last night were tremendous. So I'm going to give both of them game balls. Um, Grimes among the starters and Quickly off the bench because of their efforts. So we'll start with Emmanuel Quickly with the second unit last night because he was, again, Bing bang. 24 points, as you can see on the screen if you're watching. Uh, four assists, three steals, couple three-pointers made. Um, eight of 14 on his, on his uh, field goals. Only one turnover because that's always... He always gets one. He never turns it over more than once. Like, he's, he's very efficient. Um, but literally just, just making winning impact each time he checked into the game. In the second quarter, the Knicks were struggling, scuffling, quickly comes in, and they pick it up right when he's out there. Late third quarter, same exact thing when he checks in. Checks in with about three and a half minutes left in the third. Plays the rest of the game from there. But there was an excellent winning sequence from Quickly. He had less than a minute left in the third period. The Knicks were down two. Quickly knocks down a three to put the Knicks up one. The next possession, he steals a bad pass from Oladipo. And he finishes it on the break with the reverse layup. And then he puts the Knicks up again the very next time down with the pull-up mid-range jumper over Duncan Robinson. So, just... And that was all consecutive. It was, it was, there was absolutely a reason for his game high plus 14 last night in 32 minutes of action. And again, while the scoring brings that energy to the garden, he's also using his versatility with great point guard play. The way he uses the pick and roll is everything you want um, from a point guard, but with patience and great vision. He found Hartenstein in the pick and roll on one possession, I think, in the second half. Quickly found Hartenstein in the middle off of a side pick and roll between he and RJ. He found Grimes on the perimeter in the fourth quarter off a of pick and roll. Playing really good point guard. And, of course, the defense was there, too. That's been great. It's always great. Sometimes, you know, like we said, he'll stunt when he doesn't need to or he'll overhelp too much. But last night... Three steals, and he's out there picking off passes to lead the fast break. Like we said with the Oladipo turnovers. Just the, the kid has been so significant for this Knicks team. As the Bucks are getting blown out by the Celtics. In the second quarter, it's 73-45. My Christ. Um, but listen, this kid quickly, he's got a case. He's got. I don't know that he'll win it. And I think you can make a great case that Brogdon should win it. But I think you should at least listen to Knicks fans when they make their case for quickly winning six man of the year. And we gave our spiel last episode, so I don't want to dive too deep into this whole thing. But the main thing which has been bothering me is I hate the stupid argument about how many starts he had. he's had. 
that shouldn't be a pro- like that should be if anything I really feel like that should be brought up as something in his favor because it shows his versatility. I am sorry that Brogdon isn't good enough to start on the Celtics over what Derek fucking White or is it Marcus Smart whoever starts at point guard like <laughs> sorry he's not good enough to get starts. But yo for 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 the matter, literally, there are pl- like you can look at some of these six men, and I, and I went down last night and I took notes because I felt so annoyed by that bullshit narrative as if it's never happened before. There are so many players who've won the six man in recent years, over the last decade or whatever, that have played a lot of stuff. Like here we go. I'll look at my list. Tyler Hero. He won the six man last season. He started in 15% of his games. Lou Williams started in 24% of his games when he won the sixth man in 2018. Eric Gordon started in 20% of his games when he won in 2017. Jamal Crawford started in 35% of his games in 2014. He won the sixth man. Lamar Odom started in 43% of his games, damn near half, in 2011. So, God forbid that Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks starts in 22% of his games. Nope, can't have that happen. Please, it's enough. It's over. If you want to find another angle, sure. But don't use that one. It doesn't make sense. He's been great. And he's developed into a three-level scorer. He's adequate or better at all three levels on the floor. How about the shots he was making last night? A couple of them. I think two and ones last night. One of them where he finishes in transition around three heat defenders. And then there's the other where he's just, he throws up this high arcing floater falling away on the baseline and it falls. When it's, when it's your year, it's your year. And he's having a year right now. So not that I give too much shits about, about the six man of the year award. Um, I'm only about team shit, but you know, I, I would it would be cool to see him win it and um I think you could make a case for both sides. Um so that was quickly. He had a great night. Quentin Grimes also had a great night among the starting unit. So I want to give him the game ball too. Bing bang. Um yeah. Twenty three points last night for Quentin. Eight boards, four assists, a steal, also shot eight of fourteen, but he was five of ten. From three. He has found something. He's found something. And um, how about this? The last six games, Grimes is shooting 53% from three. Four of those games now in a row, he's reached double figures. 20 points three times. And he's made at least five triples three times during that span. We say it all the time. That's that's the guy. That's the X Factor who is going to be key for the Knicks if he continues to knock down his open looks like this. They are going to need that on April 15th. He's been aggressive. He's putting the ball on the floor and attacking closeouts. He's rebounding. His head's up in transition. He's making good passes to his bigs. I love that one play when he came off, 
a DHO action with Obi on the side there. And it got him going downhill towards the basket. Had another instance where you saw him attack the basket on the ball. And uh, he beats his man off the dribble in one-on-one. And then he dumps it off to Mitch down low, who's in the dunker spot. The offense is there. The defense is there. It's, it's been good. Forcing bad possessions continuously last night. I just hope that we can get this when everybody's healthy. Because Brunson has sat lately. Randall just the 15 minutes last night in the first half. But, you know, he was going early. He was get, he was hot early with everybody out there. He had the shot going, the rebounding, the passing. All of it came early on. Not all of it, but a lot of it came early on. So that's a plus. I just think I just think we need to feature him in half court offense early on to set a tone there. You know, to get get his confidence going and let him know, hey, we're featuring you tonight. Because it just makes sense. It doesn't make sense to have all these games where. Quentin Grimes is getting one, two, three, four shots a night. He's not Mitch. He has a package. He shoots 38% from three. He's become a good finisher. Actually, have the number here. This year, he's 71% at the basket. And he he can also make plays when he's attacking the lane, too. So I think we just need to keep featuring him. Got to keep feeding the kid because he's making it work. Um, I want to talk about something with... um, Tom Thibodeau that I liked last night. As soon as we return from break, stay with us. Be right back. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify. But you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And if you can hear the dog in the background, I am sorry. So, um, I wanted to bring up Tom Thibodeau. Because we saw last night. How about this? Without Julius... Instead of going to the default Obi, which I know everybody loves Obi, and you know he did right away, but in the fourth quarter, he goes small. Thibodeau closes the entire fourth quarter with a lineup of, it was quickly, Grimes, RJ, Josh Hart, and Isaiah Hartenstein. So, that was, you know, that's that's been a lineup that I've been wanting them to use. Um, and so with Randall done for the remainder of the regular season, at least, I, I think now's a pretty good time to really experiment here with that and toy with some of these lineup combos. Um, even with Cleveland tomorrow night, they've got two bigs in the front court. They've got Mobley. They've got Allen. I think I'd love to see more of that. Hart at the four. Hartenstein at five. Maybe at times, you know, Obi running the four and Hartenstein at the five if Obi's on. RJ even at the four or something. Like, 
I don't know that Jericho will get minutes here. Maybe a little bit tomorrow night, but I don't think so. I think Deuce will be the ninth man. And he should. There's no question Deuce McBride should. With the way, you know, he's played for the Knicks, especially down the stretch. And he always finds his way back into the rotation. It's a sign from the basketball gods. Um, but I do I do like using Josh Hart out there in the center of the offense as the power forward. <clears throat> Last night, a lot of the Knicks' good ball movement came without Randall on the floor and with Hart as the four. <clears throat> and at least twice, I noticed Josh Hart making passes out of the short roll. One of them with quickly and he, and then he found Brunson in the corner. And then there was another time in the second half where he found RJ in the other corner. I think he missed the shot, but still. Utilizing Josh Hart in the short roll. You also have moments where he's just he's just doing the intangibles offensively to help his teammates in the offense. Maybe it was in the second quarter. <clears throat> you had a little side pick and roll action with Brunson and Hartenstein. And then weak side, you've got Josh Hart setting a pin down to free up quickly up top. So it's shit like that. I, I just think during this time in these four or five remaining games, whatever it is, you got to experiment with those RJ Hart power forward minutes because it worked last night and it's something that could work in the modern game. Right? And even using Hartenstein out there at the five over Mitchell Robinson gives you a little more offense, more creative. It goes away from the basic Mitchell Robinson rim running actions. He's become a very good passer, Hartenstein, in the full court, but also in the half court. Outlet passes to Grimes last night. Before that uh, outlet pass, he, the Knicks ran this. They ran a backdoor set with Hartenstein finding Josh Hart cutting baseline. Don't get a lot of bigs with, with passing wits like him. And a lot of times you'll see Hartenstein just rotating to the middle to provide offense. And that's obviously a big way to help bust his own. So, I would like to use more of that lineup that we saw in the fourth quarter. If I look up every once in a while, this is if you're watching the show, I'm trying to follow this Bucks game. It's a good game. Uh, the defense last night was excellent. It's only the Heat. Miami's not a good offense. Keep that in mind. Uh, I think they're last. Um, but it's nice to finally hold the team under a billion points. <laughs> the Knicks came into this game allowing 121 points per game in their last five. Miami just 92 points. The fewest points allowed by this defense since January 2nd versus Phoenix. But they did a nice job holding Butler and Hero quiet. They, Those two hurt the Knicks last time out. But last night they combined for only 28 points on 26 shots. So the Knicks did a nice job keeping Miami uh, Butler himself off of the free throw line. You know, preventing contact. Grimes played him very smart last night. Um, everybody was pretty lackluster for Miami offensively outside of Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent. I think at 21. Uh, Bam was pretty quiet. Hartenstein was an anchor in the post last night. He looked 
pretty good in, in, in pick and roll defense. Shut down bigs in the middle. Um, perimeter players on switches. All night in the pick and roll. Picking up the ball handler well. Staying with the roll man out of bio. You had a possession in the first quarter where Hartenstein sticks with Hero on the outside for a good seven seconds before he picks up the block on him on the three-point line. Um, inside, he's forcing tough shots on Adebayo all night. He did a great job. The Knicks did a great job defensively. The only thing maybe I'm noticing, Josh Hart lately struggling on the perimeter with, with blow-bys. He is a bigger wing. Um, not the quickest guy, but... You know, it's that, and sometimes he struggles against, like, getting around screens. Something to keep an eye on, but he's he still plays very good defense. Uh, all in all, the Knicks played good defense last night. On the other side, not much scoring-wise. Only 101 points. They did shoot well. 50%, 42% from three, and 56% on twos. It was really two things. It was the awful free throw shooting, and it was the turnover issues that made the offense look worse than it really was. They left 11 points on the board at the foul line, six in the first quarter, and again, the 16 turnovers, seven of them came in the first quarter. So I think, if anything, it was just, it wasn't scoring. I think they were making their field goals. Maybe early on, the Knicks were like, they were struggling. They were slow when they were trying to force switches into the half court. Um, but it allowed Miami to set up their traps more effectively. But as the game went along, I feel like that the more off-ball movement we saw, the more difficult it was for Miami to set traps. So I thought they progressed as the, Jesus Christ, I thought they looked better as the game progressed. I mean, shit, you had, you had 60% shooting from every other Nick outside the big three. And it wasn't just because of one or two guys. Five guys in the nine-man rotation last night hit half their shots or better. We talked Grimes quickly, but Josh Hart went for 13 points, eight boards, three assists, but he shot six and seven. He's 91% in his last two games. He's 71% in his last six games. Hartenstein was 3 for 5 to get 6 points, 9 boards. Obi was 2 for 4, 4 assists. So I didn't hate the offense last night. Um, But that's it. That, that's, that's, that's a big win. Now we get, tomorrow night, we get our little playoff preview. Knicks-Cavs, um, is it at the Garden? Let me look it up. That would be nice. I don't think so. No, it's not. It's in Cleveland. But we'll see, man. It's frustrating. Down the stretch of the season, Brunson's banged up every other night. He's got something going on now. Kind of become injury prone. Um, Randall's done for the season, maybe more. You're about to learn a little bit, you know. The Knicks, they managed to weather the storm at least, in their games without Brunson. I don't know how. It looked very ugly at times. But in the end, I think there may be 500 without him. I've got to double check, but I think they are. So if they can do it without Brunson, I absolutely think they'll be able to handle it without Randall, so long as Brunson stays healthy. 
Um, you know, I, I will say if there's one thing, now all the Randy boys, they'll have their built-in excuse for when Randall or if Randall, I guess, if he struggles in the playoffs again, <laughs> you know, just got off the ankle. He's got a bad ankle. He, he just got back. Like I, I already see it, but it's not an excuse. Uh, you got to play when it matters. So we'll see. But that's it. We'll head to our final break, get back, and then wrap it up with our trivia question. And that'll be that. Stay with us. Be right back. Episode 502 of the podcast. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 502 of the podcast. Let's wrap this up with our trivia right now. All right. So, for this episode, episode 502, our NYY. NYK MMA question of the day is prior to this season what year was it the last time the Knicks beat the Miami Heat in a regular season series prior to this season what year was it the last time the Knicks beat the Miami Heat in a regular season series so with the win last night they took it 3-1 to one. but prior to this season what year was it the last time the Knicks beat the Miami Heat in a regular season series. I'll give you a hint. It's been a while. <laughs> okay, It had been a while. But that's it. I appreciate you stopping by. Episode 502 in the books. The win. Uh, the Knicks win over the Heat. 101-92. They edge them out in a tough game as, ex- as expected. Man, I cannot speak. Uh, we're going to be doing our Yankees episode. They just played today. They won on opening day. We'll do that soon. We'll have our uh, series recap coming up on Sunday night. I'm going to that game. I'm going to the Sunday afternoon game. Of course, it's some journeyman on the mound for the Yankees. But um, as for the Knicks, that's it. They look better. And uh, let, let's hope we can close out the season here and get Randall back at full strength um, for the playoffs. But I'm not exactly hopeful that's happening, but we'll see. All right. That's it.
This episode was brought to you by Anchor.